And a very good evening, a very warm welcome to yet another big kickoff cricket podcast. We're going to be talking all things uh, cricket, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, been joined tonight by a lady I spoke to yesterday, actually, on the big kickoff rugby podcast. So it's a different change of sport and a different direction. Good evening to you, Debbie Knight. Good evening. The one that's my biggest passion, cricket. It is, it is. And I think yeah. it's your debut, isn't it, on the big kickoff cricket yes, podcast? Yes, it is. Yeah, thank you for having me. Lovely. No, my pleasure. Uh, it's very much uh, a pleasure to have you as well, which is fantastic. So Debbie has joined us. I'm also pleased to say we've got a uh, cricket writer from Deep Extra Cover. He specialises in Glamorgan. He's live at the moment all the way from uh, Mumbai. So obviously we're going to be talking IPL. Understandably, it's Malhar Hathi. Hi there, Malhar. Hey, Peter. Thank you for having me. Good evening. My pleasure. We will crack on. We've got a huge amount to get through. Uh, we talk international cricket. We talk uh, county cricket as well. Also, um, let's start off then with um, the Bob Willis Trophy because it's the opening day today. And surprise, surprise, we wait a few days. We have all this nice weather and typical England. What happens? Yes, you've guessed it. The rain comes. <laughs> and that's exactly what's happened today. Hasn't it, Debbie? Which is so frustrating, yeah. it really is. Um, opening day, Essex against Somerset. To be fair, I'm sure Debbie would totally agree with me that the two best Red Bull teams got to the final of the Bob Willis Trophy, most definitely. Uh, Essex against Somerset. Essex winning the toss, unsurprisingly, at the end of September, putting Somerset in. At the end of a sort of rain-affected first day, Somerset 119 for four. Ed uh, Byram, a half century. Um, it was a good start for Essex, wasn't it, Debbie? We've getting very the very start. prolific Tom yeah. Lammonby out. Yeah, wicket in the first over. That'll do nicely. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I was thinking of you today. I thought you'd be quite pleased with that. <laughs> I was shouting at the television, I must confess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tom Lammonby's had a terrific season, hasn't he? He really yeah. has for Somerset. Yeah. Yeah, he's shone actually with the bat, so that was a, that was a good wicket to go. I do have to give a mention to Yorkshire um, as the unlucky third team that didn't get there. Um, to be fair to their fans, but yeah, in recent in recent years, obviously Essex have got have actually won three Red Bull trophies in four years. Um, no silverware for Somerset, but I'm sure that's coming for them. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not this week, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might speak too soon, remember. That's the only thing you've got to remember. Um, yeah. As you say, it was a good start, but then Somerset, as Somerset do, they dug in, didn't they, as well, in particular. Mm. Uh, I mentioned a half century from Ed Byram, again, another a very good player, it has to be said, for the uh, West Country side as well. But I, I guess, as well, Debbie, in particular, you know, under normal circumstances, this would be a four day match, but for this season alone and this new tournament, it's a five-day one. And I think that's going to make a big difference, isn't it? 
Well, hopefully it means we'll get a full game of cricket. Um, I mean, I, I think I, I liked the new format of the Bob Willis Trophy. I think it it actually did lead to more four-day games. Um, and it meant the captains had to think a little bit differently in that first innings. Um, it did mean we got a very bizarre um, situation in one of the first games. So one of the teams got, I think, over, was it over 700 runs? They yeah. just, you know, there was never going to be a result there. But, you know, I think they had to play for a result. And I think that's really good. But this is going to be weather affected. It's nearly October, for goodness sake, in England. Um, neither of these teams has actually really excelled with the bat. Um, hope for, I hope Lamanby got the century, didn't he? I think in the last round. Uh, and Craig Overton, strangely, has done pretty well with the bat. Essex, of course, have got Sir Alistair. So I'm hoping that he gets some runs on the board. I think he's probably got one of the highest averages in the competition. Um, but yeah, hopefully the five days means we'll get a match. With the yeah. result, well, well, let's hope so. And and I, I tend to agree with you, Debbie. I think this competition, everybody's a little bit unsure of it, wasn't it, at the start? I mean, you know, it was pushed into the calendar through the unfortunate circumstances we have at the moment that's going around the world. Um, but I agree. I think you know, fans, everybody overall, and players in particular, have really enjoyed it, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, I, th- I I wasn't expecting any red ball cricket this summer you know and I think nearly all of the counties have really upped their game as far as coverage is concerned so now at Essex you do get a fairly decent crowd actually to watch county cricket but I know at some other grounds it can be one man and his dog Um, but I suspect that probably more people will have watched this county cricket and I suspect in other countries as well with Mm. it being on YouTube I don't know did you watch any in over in Mumbai Oh, I absolutely did, Debbie. Uh, almost yeah. every game was live. Yeah. And it was good. You know, even BBC commentary was pretty much singed in. Yeah. So it was good fun. Yeah. What's your take on, uh, or, or should I say, what has been your take, uh, Malhar, on the Bob Willis Trophy? I think it's brilliant. Uh, England, they obviously had four nations coming in uh, in the international summer. And along with it, they did a pretty good job organizing the domestic uh, tournament as well. I, I think a lot of people like the Bob Willis Trophy because it's a very, uh, I think it's a very succinct uh, league with just five games. Everyone's pretty happy. But somewhere I think you don't make a test cricketer after just, you know, five games in one year. You don't. It's just 20 days of red ball cricket. But I think we've seen some, uh, you know, very exciting young debutants for a lot of counties. And that has been very refreshing to watch. Maybe, you know, batting standards, yeah, they have improved. We didn't have a lot of centuries, but it's been brilliant. Very much so, very much so. I mentioned earlier, obviously, you know, to be fair, probably the two best sides have got through, it has to be said. But I think one thing that this tournament has produced, and you you mentioned, Maddie, to be fair, you've seen a huge amount of it, is the fact that um, a lot of, it's given counties more chance for younger players to progress and come through also as well. If you look at the top, the top scorer, Jordan Cox, with 238 not out is 19 for Kent. How fantastic is that? And then actually the bowler with, with the second best average is 44-year-old Darren Stevens for Kent, with 29, just, just over 15. So that's quite amazing, isn't it, really? You it know, is, because you go from one extreme, 
yeah, you go from one extreme, don't you? I mean, Darren Stevens, I know, I must admit, Debbie, we, we talked about him on the last podcast and it was like, yeah. you know, I, I sort of joked, I said, you know, he, he's 40, whatever. He's, you know, he'll probably go on until he's 60 plus, I think, no, Darren <laughs> Stevens. I mean, if he wants to do that, he certainly would. What a character. But as you say, at the other end of the scale, you've got the youngster with Jordan as well, who's just starting in the steps of, the, of cricket as well, in particular. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's certainly produced... A, all types of angles as well and uh, let's hope fingers crossed that we do get some sort of result as I say I think to be fair that extra day is going to come in crucially now at this stage of the season as you quite rightly say coming towards the end of September you're going to have rain effect you're probably going to have light issues as well unfortunately that's understandably so as well but let's hope we don't get into the situation that I was told that if it ends in a draw it's going to be the team with the first innings highest score that will go on and lift the trophy. Um, interesting point. Is that something you would agree with? Let's quickly start with Debbie. Would you go along with that or not? Mm, I, th I think both teams know what the rules are. It's a little bit like, let's go back to that World Cup final. But both teams knew what the rules were at the time. Um, it's not ideal, is it? And let's hope it doesn't come to that. But they, they know what they've got to do. You know, Essex have got a bowl Somerset out, and Sim. I mean, Somerset's bowlers have actually. I mean, Craig Overton was third in the wickets taken. Their bowlers have performed very well this season, so their bowlers have got to do their thing, haven't they? It's, I think it's it's not ideal, but both teams know what the rules are. Mayla, what's your opinion on that? I think I'm I'm, I'm of the same opinion as Debbie. Uh, they know what to do. Because I don't know how else would you separate the two sides in case of a draw. Uh, but I think, you know, the bowlers might have a bit of an unfair... Uh, I mean, it, it might be a bit unfair on them. But I suppose, you know, that's the best way to go about it. Hmm. Well, as I say, fingers crossed. Let, let's hope that it doesn't actually come down to that. We, we do get a proper game of cricket and obviously a proper result. And I know Debbie being an Essex uh, lady would... Fingers crossed, hope that Essex do lift the Bob Willis trophy. Exactly. But time will tell. Perhaps when we do the podcast next in a couple of weeks' time, we can look back on that Bob Willis trophy. We can also look forward to, and no doubt we'll be talking in the future about that as well, the Vitality Blast, because obviously we've had that now as well. It's been an interesting tournament. Again, it's been crammed into such a short space of time with the circumstances that they are at the moment. But we've got to the quarterfinal stages as well now. Um, Debbie, I'll come on to you. Uh, just quickly go through the quarterfinals. Uh, Sussex against Lancashire, Knotts against Leicestershire, Gloucestershire against uh, Northants, and uh, probably the big one from the Southern group, surprise, surprise, Surrey against Kent. <laughs> What's your thoughts on those quarterfinals? Huge game, Surrey-Kent. One that I love to attend, actually, because it's, it's the local derby, isn't it? So, uh, for me, I'm really torn because I'm actually also a Surrey member. But I've got a real soft spot for quite a few of the Kent players. So I'd be sitting there cheering absolutely everything, basically, for that one. I think Surrey fans will be very heartened by how the T20 has gone because their Bob Willis trophy was actually pretty miserable. Mm. Um, I think it, it helped that Amla appeared, of course. Who wouldn't like to have him in their top order? Um, Difficult, difficult one to call, I think, that one. I, I, I would, yeah, I wouldn't like to, to guess who would win that game. Probably sorry at the Oval, but... You never know, knows? do you? 
yeah. I tell you what, Surrey started the, this Vitality Plus campaign in a dreadful way. I mean, to be fair, that, that they were out played virtually the first three games and everybody was thinking, oh, well, that's it. They've got no chance. But, of course, the blast as it is, all of a sudden you win one game, don't you? You then back it up with a second, the momentum kicks in, and yeah. Surrey have won something like seven games in a row in this particular yeah. tournament. So you'd have to say they probably would be favourites. I tend to agree with you. Marla, uh, Marla, let's look at Gloucestershire and North Hans. How, how do you see that one uh, panning out? Um, I think it's a bit of a balanced encounter. You know, both teams are pretty well balanced. But I think, you know, maybe the spin bowlers of Gloucestershire, Tom Smith and Graham Van Buren, uh, they're going to uh, be the key for Gloucestershire in the you know middle overs, and they do that pretty well. Uh, for Northern, uh, for the Northerns, I think Paul Sterling and Richard Levy at the top. They need to give them a good start, and you know maybe Tom Taylor at the end could just you know come in, maybe hit a few sixes, and also you know make a make an impact with the ball because that's again you know one thing both the teams need to improve at. So I think that would be the key, but I think I would side with Gloucestershire a little bit, maybe not Northampton sure, but it's it's a close encounter. Mm. So I think I'll I'll go with Gloucestershire. Two games left, uh, Notts against Leicestershire. Um, I think Leicestershire have probably been one of the surprise packages uh, in this tournament so far, Debbie. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's nice to see their name in there, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, Notts tend to do well, don't they, at white ball cricket. And they had a, a fairly decent Bob Willis trophy. That They've got some very good batsmen. Um, or batters, as they're always supposed to call them, aren't we? Who um, who did have come to the fore a bit this year? Um, I'd I'd loved to see Leicestershire win that one, but I, I think it will be hard for them to get past the knots with that batting lineup. And finally, then, uh, oh, what have we got? Sussex against Lancashire. Now uh, at Hove, good white ball side, Sussex. Absolutely, I think uh, again, both the teams. The best thing about them, I like it, is. They are. They have a very collective team effort whenever they play. You look at Lancashire. You know, uh, Bailey is a very good bowler. Matt Parkinson is also in the mix. Then you have Dane Villas and uh, Keaton Jennings at the top. You know, he's he's been a bit of a surprise package uh, with Century. And Sussex, you know, Delray Rollins and Danny Briggs with the ball. I think Rollins with the ball has been a surprise for me. But again, you know, if you're adding his left arm swing, uh, spin. Uh, with his you know stylish uh, batting, a- anything can happen. But uh, it, it's it's a, again it's a you know a bit of a situation to pick between the two. But I think I'll go with Sussex, mm-hmm. uh, partly because Callum McLeod is playing, although hasn't made an impact. But I'm also a Scottish fan, so you know maybe maybe Sussex. Let's hope so. <laughs> like it, M- M- Mayla, You mentioned earlier that you cover Glamorgan for uh, yeah. the excellent deep extra cover. Um, which all of you guys do a fantastic job, it has to be said, throughout, throughout the season as Thank well. Um, I know you were saying that, <laughs> sort of jokingly, or someone's got to cover Glamorgan, but how, two questions quickly. First of all, how would you assess Glamorgan's season uh, so far? And secondly, do you feel that Glamorgan as a county, the last couple of seasons in particular, are steadily improving? Absolutely. I think the Red Bull season... Uh, last year was brilliant. They were improving. You know, they also had a shot at uh, promotion. 
but unfortunately that didn't happen but this year i think you know the batting has imploded of course there's been a few positives in callum taylor and chris cook but you know apart from that i think nobody else has really contributed uh, their bowling has been exceptional i think it's been at the top if you if you look at the central side uh, obviously somerset had the best bowling attack but if there was somebody else i had to pick then i think it is uh, it, it had to be glamorgan because you know mashen delanga and lucas carey at the end he came in uh, i think it was a very collective bowling effort they did that brilliantly but unfortunately the batting fell apart and that's something they really need to improve on and they also don't have a spin bowler in their ranks a decent spin bowler i think it would be pretty handy which i think you know in the wide ball uh, season they made up for it you know the spin bowling department is pretty strong but again you know batting they found the form pretty late the last two games were uh, pretty high scoring ones and they succeeded but they need more of that in the next season because they're also missing the wonderful australian uh, marnus lavish <laughs> i mean <laughs> you know to be fair i think lamorgan picked up one of the players of the season uh, oh. in particular i mean you know yeah. For a start, no disrespect to Marnus, but before he joined Glamorgan, people were saying to me, who? Marnus who? I mean, why have Glamorgan signed this guy? Uh, he was a revolution, wasn't he, for them last season? Absolute revolution. Absolutely. I think uh, even his work ethic rubbed off on a lot of Glamorgan players and they still speak of him, uh, which is not a surprise. And, you know, maybe when he comes back, uh, you know, the, uh, the Glamorgan side would be... full of confidence but you know maybe his work commitments with australia might prevent that uh, but let's hope you know he comes back but maybe you know i'm also hoping that glamorgan isn't too uh, dependent on him solely there has to be everybody else also contributing that has to be there it's billy billy root is a glamorgan isn't he absolutely yeah, yeah he's still he, there he, yeah he ha- he had some innings didn't he this summer at the top of the yeah, he did have a good red ball season but you know didn't really do well in the white ball season yeah but well um keep covering glamorgan won't you um, um i will <laughs> no 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 i mean you know to be fair it's it's a wonderful ground to go to uh, cardiff and uh, you know the I, i've always had a, bit, a little bit of a soft spot for glamorgan I, i think a lot of cricket lovers have really to be fair to them because they're one of these counties that everybody at the start of the season will never predict them to win anything <laughs> they're always going to expect them aren't they to sort of be <laughs> hovering around the bottom so to speak of any table and any competition whatsoever and uh, steadily i think they every season they have got better they've improved and i'm sure eventually they will <laughs> turn around and prove everybody wrong actually hopefully you know uh, the batting has to improve as i said but they do have you know sparks of very exciting young players coming through uh, well fortunately you know uh, i mean sorry hopefully the some of the players like daniel douthwaite who i think is very much a welsh ben stokes hopefully he gets a few games for england lions because they need that exposure that's something that they don't have the last english player uh, that glamorgan produced was sam jones and robert croft so you know that speaks for it you know it's been a decade or so nobody's played for england so you know maybe that has to come mm-hmm. let's move on to international cricket um let's look back at uh, I was going to say the the summer of international cricket remember we've had west indies over here we've had pakistan come over here we've had ireland as well and to finish it all mouth watering series against australia i mean the t20s were 
exceptional. The ODIs likewise were exceptional as well, especially the third one in particular. I mean, you know, you have to sometimes sit down and applaud the way Australia fought back. They were 73 for five, remember, at one stage. They looked dead and buried, it has to be said. But typical Australia, they conjure up some magic. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, Alex Carey, that got to 212 partnership. Not forgetting earlier, of course, Johnny Bairstow's 112 as well. Yeah, let's look back at it. Debbie, let's have your thoughts on this wonderful ODI series we've had recently. I think the best match for me was actually the second match, the low-scoring match. Um, you know, it, it, I don't quite know how Australia lost that one, but, you know, England had a... The Curran brothers had more than a say in that, didn't they? Um, Tom, Tom, who seemed to me, is probably the better white ball cricketer. Um, had that lovely ninth wicket innings of 76 to pull England up. And then little Sam, as I call him, took the three wickets in the Australian um, innings. So that, that was, you know, I, I don't think these things have to be high scoring affairs. I, w I was at the um, Trent Bridge um, ODI against Australia two summers ago. And while it was quite amazing seeing in England hitting all those sixes, as a game, it was an absolute non-event. You know, no, nobody really took any notice of the Australia innings because they knew they didn't stand a chance of getting anywhere near. Um, yeah, I, I, it, was, it was an interesting decision not to play Sam Curran in that third match. But then for me, I'd have him in pretty much every team. I think his left arm variation brings an awful lot to the team. Uh, I'd have him in the test team. Possibly not T20s. Um, but I, I very much like what he brings to the team. And, and I think Owen Morgan made a few mistakes with his bowlers in that last one, which is very unlike him. Um, but I mean, of course, it means that England lost that record of not losing at home. Um, however, sti they still top the ODI table rankings. Marla, we're talking about Bairstow. I've mentioned Johnny Bairstow. You know, Debbie came up with the two currents in particular. The list of names who've done well would go on. Sam Billings, remember, in that earlier ODI also. Probably the one failure, it has to be said, which everybody before the start of this series probably would have not have said so, has been Jason Roy. What's your thoughts on Jason at the moment, at the top of the order? Um, well, there's a lot of pressure on him because even Tom Banton is waiting in the wings and he's done pretty well in the T20s as well. But again, uh, he's, a, he's a young cricketer. I don't think we should put a lot of uh, pressure on that guy, you know. Obviously, we have expectations, but it could be kept aside for a little while. Uh, he's learning his trade at the IPL also. But again, you know, ODI is a bit different. Uh, Jason Roy is, again, you know, he has, he, he doesn't, he didn't have a lot of uh, game time coming into the summer. And I think even against Ireland, he was a bit out of luck. You know, he, he went chasing and, well, you know, it should have been a boundary, but he's perhaps caught inside the ring. He just needs a bit of, I don't know, uh, some domestic game time, which he probably won't get now, unfortunately. But, you know, maybe just some, you know, practice games or anything. Uh, of course, the summer, the summer is over, which is sad for him. But I think England should stick to him. I think he's a confidence player. Mm. He has these spells, doesn't he? Where I mean, you know, I can remember watching him, I think, again, it was in Aust against Australia in 2018, where he played the most diabolical shot to get out. Like you, you actually almost couldn't believe your eyes, to be honest. 
Um, so he's a, he's a confidence player. And actually, his reaction, I think it was in that last one day when he was out, his reaction, I don't know whether that did garner a, fi- a fine or not, but that, that wasn't a good sign of where his head is at the moment, I don't think. No, mm. exceptional point. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I think he, as you said, you're right. Where is his head at the moment in particular? And quickly, just going back to uh, Momo's uh, point there, I think he's quite right. He, he is a confident player as well. And um, I'm sure that confidence will come back, yes. Because, I mean, let's face it, a, a three-flowing Jason Roy is a wonderful side, isn't it? For any cricket yeah. lover, to be honest. I do, I do think we have to give a mention to Alex Hales while we're talking about openers. Mm. Yes, very much um, so. <laughs> and, and I know that while Owen Morgan is captain, I don't think Alex is going to stand a chance of playing for England. But that, that man is an absolute superstar with the bat um, opening. I think, again, he, he had that record opening run with Roy against, was it South Africa, I think, at Trent Bridge? Right. Um, it's it's a crying shame that he's not included in that lineup. Mela, well, what's your thoughts on that? Has his time come? You know, do you feel he would ever get back into that uh, particular side? Well, I think maybe uh, T20 is something. Uh, you know, if they are pl- if England are planning to get him back, then maybe you know start with T20s. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen him bat. Uh, but you know, I think. In my mind, I've moved on. I think there are two names that don't really get talked about when it comes to the ODI setup. Is I think Phil Salt and Ben Duckett. England were experimenting. You know, they had them in the experimental squad. You know, the practice uh, practice matches, and they did pretty well. But unfortunately, they didn't get picked. Again, you know, I can understand. Uh, I think they should start looking forward to the 2023 World Cup as well. You know, build a young side. I don't. I don't really think, you know, Alex Hales might have a chance. He deserves one, but I don't know. England have a lot of options at the time. Um, let's quickly move on to um, IPL. I- I'm going to stay with you, uh, Martha. Um, it's been a joy to actually watch some IPL cricket on, on our uh, screens here back in uh, England. What's the reaction been like in uh, India? Because obviously, under normal circumstances, you, you know, you'd be playing IPL cricket um, literally with crowds bursting at the seams but we haven't got anybody have we absolutely i think it is very bizarre of course they've done a fantastic job with the sound engineers adding some noise which kind of makes up for it but unfortunately it's still a bit bizarre because the indian crowd they saw the england series but not everybody did so for us it wasn't that relatable but now that we see uh, you know empty stadiums we're like you know something's amiss and we can definitely see that but you know it's good to have cricket because everybody's tweeting about it look at the viewership you know it's almost i think I've, i i think i read that the viewership is three times britain's population which is you know brilliant i think and that was you know uh, expected as well and every balls an event which is brilliant what i mean it's early stages yeah obviously we've had a few matches in, remember we had we had a tie didn't we with uh, uh, delhi delhi and uh, uh, Kings 11 Punjab, which is a cracking game, it has to be said as well. Super over, remember super over? England loves super overs. No, I'm, I'm, I mustn't get that in too much. Um, <laughs> um, as well, in particular. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a great tournament so far. Early stages yet, though, Mela, but have you spotted a team you feel could go a long way in this particular IPL this year? Uh, 
but Chennai Super Kings have, you know, they, they've always had a very, you know, well-rounded attack. They have a backup for every player. Dwayne Bravo, I think, was going to start. But he got injured. And they had a Sam Curran, which, again, you know, Debbie rightly pointed out, you know, is maybe he's a half-decent uh, white ball player. Of course, Tom's the better one, I agree. But he did a pretty good job for uh, Chennai Super Kings. I think um, Delhi Capitals, they're on the rise this season. And they obviously, you know, held their nerve in the Super over as well. But, you know, maybe... Uh, it's going to be a high-scoring uh, tournament. You know, UAE has some very short boundaries. So, it could be RCB's year. You know, everybody wants that. Every year on Twitter, you get on. Everybody's yelling, you know, maybe it's RCB's year. Maybe it's not. But it should be theirs, I think. Debbie, I know you've been uh, watching some IPL cricket as well since the start of it as well. I know you were watching some earlier also as well. well what's your yeah. early take so far on the IPL? For me, I think it's, I, I haven't actually watched it. We had a documentary on Netflix here about the Mumbai Indians, which is fantastic, actually. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's really, really interesting. They are, are hard to see past them. I mean, we talked, Virat Kohli is one of my favourite cricketers, absolutely, but Rohit Sharma against a white ball is just supreme. So I see it hard, it's hard to see past them for me. But to, I have to mention, we mentioned before, but I do have to mention Hardik Pandya, who is another favourite of mine. Oh, my goodness. He was out hit wicket today. <laughs> and it was awful. It, it, they said, oh, it's normally they step back. He hit it with his bat. He was so far back waiting for a, a ball that didn't do what he thought. And he hit his wicket. I mean, he was laughing as he came off. But having seen that documentary and, you, you know, you look at the, the... I mean, the owners are fantastic with the players. But goodness gracious, there's so much money at stake. To do something like that is just is awful. <laughs> so hopefully his next match will be a better one. And actually, how's he doing with the ball? They're, they're four wickets down, um, the off of the KKR at the moment. So And he, no, he hasn't taken any wickets yet. So hopefully he'll make do for that with some wickets for them. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's already looking to be a very great tournament as it always is as i say the only thing that lacks obviously is having no crowds but i'm afraid cricket worldwide now we're having to get used to that understandably so and we're just going to finish up we've got a few minutes left um we're going to go on to ladies cricket because um we've already had one match in the uh, england west indies uh, five match uh, international uh, t20 series uh, england won that by 47 runs tammy bowman uh, scored 62 an outstanding player i mean she's been a brilliant servant for uh, English cricket. Well, what's your thoughts on that so far, Debbie? Yeah, well, she opened, didn't she? We've gone back That's to right. opening, which she hasn't been doing of late, but 62 with the bat, pretty good. And then, and then actually, again, England's strength, two bowlers to get, well, Sophie Eccleston with two for 19, and Nat Skiver for two for 16 is fantastic. Looking at this second game now, England are 46 for three, so that obviously hasn't and one of them is Tammy Beaumont that's gone. So <laughs> it might go the other way this time round. I'm a bit strange. You know, that they've travelled over here. I, I, it would, I would be, I have no difficulty with West Indies winning this one. You know. You, you've brought up an excellent point there. You mentioned about West Indies travelling over here, Debbie. The women, obviously the men did earlier on as well. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about Australia. I think we should praise Australia for coming over here. Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Ireland um, as well, in particular. Um, Mayla, overall, um, 
I've mentioned all those sides in particular. I mean, you know, I, would you go along with what I think everyone's saying at the moment? Yeah, obviously you want a main side to win, but cricket ultimately, and these players have sacrificed a huge amount, haven't they, to actually come over to this country. And of course, not forgetting England players. I mean, all right, they haven't had to travel, remember, but they've had to stay in hotels. They've had to uh, go by rules, etc. as well, that we're all having to do at the moment as well. So I think they also uh, should get a huge amount of praise. Absolutely, I, I agree with you because uh, there's a lot of uncertainty when you, when you leave your own country to go elsewhere and play cricket. Uh, I think three players, Shimron Hetmayer, Darren Bravo and Kimo Paul, did not travel for the West Indies. And it's understandably so, but you don't, you don't blame them in such situations. And I think one of the toughest parts about playing cricket is, you know, when you're away from home, uh, you lose games and, you know, you, you, you at least try to, you know, look for some change, which unfortunately for them hasn't happened uh, due to the biosecure bubble. You know, they only stay in the room and West Indies had a tough test series. You know, maybe the first test they won, it was brilliant. But the, first, the, the second two test matches, it, it, they, they didn't really have a good batting effort to back up uh, the bowling. So, you know, again, but it was commendable that they came because, again, uh, Jason Holder talked uh, talked about it, that, you know, uh, West Indies cricket is running in a bit of debt. And, again, I think England does owe, you know, a return trip uh, to West Indies. You know, but it's it's brilliant, you know, that they came. It's not, it's not easy agreeing, uh, you know, coming to a nation which already is, you know, far worse in terms of, you know, the cases. So I think credit to the visiting teams as well. It doesn't get highlighted enough, but it should, I think. And Debbie, final word to you. <laughs> While we're talking about giving a return visit, I do have to put um, a bid in for Pakistan there. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, it, it will be so, it's so important for them that one of the big teams goes to their country to play cricket. You know, they successfully hosted Sri Lanka. They, we're, hopefully we're going to get the, um, the playoffs for the PSL before long. Um, I would love to see England's next set of games about against Pakistan actually in Pakistan. I think that would be fantastic for them as a country. Brilliant. On that note, thank you very much, uh, Debbie, for your time. You can catch Debbie on Twitter as well, and, and as well as her excellent uh, stories and features that she writes as well. Your Twitter handle, Debbie, is Debs K N I G. Thank you for that, and. Uh, Mara, we can catch you, Deep Extra Cover, Sports Kida, and you're on Twitter as well, and you are at? I'm at the, at, uh, at the rate, sorry, Malhar underscore Hathi. Brilliant. Log on to both of them. They, they write excellent cricket stories and information as well. Debbie, Mala, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks very much for everybody. I've been Peter Moore um, with the uh, Big Kickoff Cricket Podcast. We will return in two weeks' time with more cricket uh, stories and uh, information and more guests here live on the Big Kickoff Cricket Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Take care and bye-bye for now. <laughs>